Hey, it's Emma Kate Lidberry here, your host and managing editor here at Triathlete Magazine. This was a Triathlete Live show with Tim O'Donnell and Marinda Carfrey. So during the show, you'll hear me asking questions we received beforehand and questions we received during the show from our live audience. We talk about Tim and Rennie's training during the pandemic, their family life and their second child, which is on the way, as well as their epic pain cave and who used to party harder during the off-season. All of that after this quick ad from our sponsors at Tonal. Tonal is the world's smartest home gym. With customizable workouts and programs, Tonal adapts to you so you can be stronger. Train with six-time Ironman world champion Mark Allen for off-season and in-season performance. Try Tonal for 30 days in your home today. If you don't love it, you can return it for a full refund. Visit www.tonal.com for $100 off the smart accessories when you use promo code TRIATHLETE at checkout. That's tonal.com, promo code TRIATHLETE. Tonal, be your strongest. Hello and welcome to Triathlete Live presented by Tonal, the smartest home gym. We are joined today by Tim O'Donnell and to come, Marinda Carfrey. My name is Emma Kate Liberi, your host and managing editor here at Triathlete Magazine. So, Tio, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Busy, busy days. <laughs> and and Rini is upstairs putting Izzy to bed. Is that right? He is. Yep. It is uh, nap time and uh, Izzy um, was excited today, so she wasn't going down anytime soon. <laughs> well, yeah. So we should, uh, like spoiler alert, we should tell people at home who are watching that Izzy isn't going to make a cameo appearance today. Right. So, yeah. If she does, it means she's not napping and uh, that's not good for mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, as you'd expect, we have got a ton of questions for you both. Uh, we obviously a lot of our uh, readers from social have uh, been firing questions into us via our social platforms all week. But we also want to remind everybody at home that this is a live show. You guys are here for us for, with us for the next hour, and so uh, hit us with all your questions. Don't be shy. Keep keep the questions coming in, and we'll also be talking a fair bit about Tonal because you guys are sponsored athletes, and they are our proud sponsor today. So, uh, Tio, kick us off before Rini joins us. Kick us off by telling us about your training so far today, what you've been up to, and uh, how it's going for you. Yeah, so I uh, actually had um, uh, just a hard training ride this morning, um, and then we're swimming this afternoon, and just doing some some uh, sponsor uh, posts right now with our uh, content guru Kenny Withrow. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting year. Definitely, um, you know, without the racing, we're still keeping busy, um, just trying to stay connected with the, our audience and, of course, um, you know, our, our partners and things like that. So, yeah. And uh, where are you? Are you planning to race this year? Are you planning to? Are you racing Daytona? What's your What's your plan? Yeah, uh, I'll do the PTO Championship in Daytona on December sixth. Sixth. Uh, Super excited about that race. Um, I did uh, another PTO race a couple of weeks ago in Claremont, Florida, just as a tune-up. But other than that, I'm keeping the, the race uh, calendar very clear. There's a lot of, um, you know, unknowns. And I didn't really feel like trying to get ready for a lot of races that may or may not happen. So I right. wanted to keep uh, focus on one big race this year in Daytona. And uh, it's going to be a doozy. Yeah. And how's your prep going into that? What, how will you prepare for that in the next few weeks? Oh, it's hard, EK. It's hard. <laughs> uh, Coach Julie Divins and Matt Bottrell have me doing uh, a lot of speed stuff. Uh, if anybody isn't familiar, the um, PTO Championship is a 2K swim, uh, 80K bike, 18K run, and they'll have the top 40 um, ranked men and women and a bunch of wild cards, which a lot of the ITU guys. So um, there's going to be some some fast, fast racing, and I'm just trying to get – get some some uh, fast twitch muscles activating in my body these next couple of weeks. Oh, but that's fun in November in Boulder. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing like a little um swim bike trainer uh in the in the cold and snow. Right, right, right. And what tell us about some of your key sessions that you're doing for the for that um that prep and the sort of thing that you'll do that really gives you some confidence going into a race like that. Yeah, a lot of um doing definitely a lot of VO2 intervals on the bike. Um I've been doing a lot of that on the uh trainer just for simplicity and you know the ability to focus on the power and not worry about surroundings too much. Um and then the run, yeah, a lot of um a lot of short uh, we did some K efforts with with big Mets um uh, not too long ago and that's honestly the fastest I've been running 
in a long time, years. Uh, so hopefully I can translate that into race day. Uh, it's definitely a fine line where you want to get, you know, get those big sessions in, but not too much. Um, I want to save some for race day. Ta-da! <laughs> that was a very smooth entry. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How's it going, Minnie? Yeah, it's gone well. The little one's asleep, so all is well. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably the biggest, most important question we'll ask you today is, is he asleep? <laughs> she is right now, yes. Um, You'll but hear who knows? She, wakes up. she could wake up at any minute. She's starting to not resist the daytime nap, so we'll see. <laughs> oh. Uh, next question. Our readers, so following on from some of your training uh, talk there, Tio, our readers want to know what's your hardest swim and run session? Uh, hardest run session? Um, we've been doing kind of a really good um, sessions where they're really short, all out efforts followed by long um, kind of threshold repeats. So those short, I mean, like max out efforts just get so much, um, you know, all that uh, what are you trying fatigue to say? in the legs, <laughs> and then and then you got to try to get into your race pace off of that. So those have been great. Um, swimming, uh, we did some three hundreds, uh, like kind of best average the other day, followed by a pull set, which was was pretty solid. Um, yeah, it's probably some of the hardest. What about you, Rennie? <laughs> Just trying to waddle along, <laughs> continue moving. Um, yeah, no, I probably don't know if I'll be running much anymore. I ran last weekend and a um, little achy afterwards in my back. So I just don't want to, you know, injure anything. So um, yeah, I'm increasing the swimming um, and also strength training with Aaron and um, also riding my mountain bike a little bit still um, when the weather permits, it's getting a little colder here in Boulder, but um, yeah, the last, last week was amazing. I rode twice um, like, two and a half hours each ride out in the mountain bikes, just on the back dirt roads. Uh, so that still feels okay, but it's, you know, just getting a little more and more uncomfortable and we're like seven weeks out ish from. Okay. New date that now. Gonna be, yeah. That's uh, going to be my next question was to ask you when, like what stage you're at and how, cause you're due New Year's Eve. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm 33 weeks tomorrow and, um, yeah, 40 weeks for those who aren't familiar is um, usually how long it takes. Uh, but, yeah, Izzy was like 12 days late, so who knows? Oh, okay. <laughs> that might be Hopefully late. not. Ooh. And Maybe. so um, one of the questions we had a lot via social was, uh, do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Or we you, don't. You don't? It's going to be a No. We, um, we kept um, Izzy's birth a surprise, and I wanted to do the same with this one. It was, you know, one of life's few surprises uh if it was tim's choice he would have yep he would have picked to know the sex this time around but um i think i have a little more say yep. so i got voted down <laughs> <laughs> and are you training one of the questions we also had was are you training by feel or are you training by heart rate or no I feel i mean i have my heart rate on uh, a lot of the time i wear the, the garmin and um just for my own entertainment and just curiosity really more than anything but uh you know, after all these years, you know your body very well and kind of can feel when <laughs> enough is enough. Um, I'm out of breath pretty easily now, um, even just like walking up the stairs, um, given we are at altitude here in Boulder. So it's easy to get out of breath. But, um, yeah, I've noticed <laughs> I'm definitely out of breath a lot more <laughs> um, often and it's just increasing. And I guess as the baby gets bigger, it'll crowd my lungs a little more. And so, um not much, not much space for for the the engine room. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. Uh, one of the questions we got is, "How are you training at home?" This is a question for both of you. Uh, how are you training at home right now? Uh, Mark on Facebook wants to know what are some good replacement workouts for the pool. I mean, I guess in Boulder we've been spoiled. We've had the pool open for a little while now. But if for somebody who's working, you know, trying to work out from home, you don't have access to a pool. What would you What would you suggest? What would you be your advice? Well, we use the master's boss, so. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Even more spoilt. Right, yeah. So. <laughs> we never had a pool closure. <laughs> um, so, we're, yeah, we're lucky in that respect. But, um, yeah, I suggest people follow um, Lauren Brandon, actually one of our training partners, an amazing swimmer. Um, if you go back, when she was in lockdown, she went through some great swimming drills to um, do on dry land with um, paddles. Um, so, yeah, check her Instagram out. Um, 
Yeah, mean, stretch cords. Stretch I mean, there's some, yeah, yeah, great stretch cord programs that um, she's talked about. Yeah, and I know yeah a couple of other athletes that um, really like dug in with their stretch cords uh, when the pools were shut down. Um, came back and saw some some great yeah. improvements in the pool. So it really does work. Um, yes, you will get that adjustment period when you get back in the pool a couple of weeks where you won't feel. Um, It'll take a little while to get that connection and the feel of the water back, but um, that strength is real um, and those gains can be um, pretty monumental. Talking of strength, let's talk about your tonal and how, how you guys have been using that. And, yeah, just give us a bit of background, how, how you've been using it, how long you've been using it. Yeah, we, uh, it's been probably a couple of months. Yeah. We started working uh, with the tonal team and, and we've loved it, um, especially during this like the last couple months um, with the lockdowns and the pandemic, it's been nice to have uh, that option at home. And, you know, there's no secret that we, you know, work with Aaron Carson and it gives us um, a great tool where we can, um, you know, do a session that she prescribes um, and you can just do all the workouts on tonal. Um, or if you don't have a situation like that, uh, there's so many great programs that you can, you can follow. And uh, I've, I've hopped into some of those programs as well. And they're a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, Mark Allen. Of course, um, Mark Allen, right? He's in there. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask. He's one of the coaches, right? He yep. is one of the coaches in there. So there's a triathlon-specific program um, you can uh, follow along with. And even for me, actually, there's um, a prenatal um, program as well. So there's uh, exercises for all different shapes and sizes. And the most important thing, um, EK, it's, it's consistency, right? So yep. when you have easy access to your gym, and you have the accountability of a program, that's really what's going to make you better, right? Just that consistency. Mm -hmm. And whenever you can take the stress off by making it easy, um, like Tonal does, that's the most important part. Yeah. And so maybe for people who are watching who aren't familiar with Tonal, they haven't used one, can you guys explain what it is and how it works? Yep. So uh, Tonal, it it almost looks like a TV screen, right? And it's... um, it's integrated weight system, but it uses electromagnetic weight resistance. So, you know, it's a couple inches deep on your wall, yet it has this resistance like you're on a massive kinesis machine at the gym, which is amazing. And then it integrates uh, on-demand workouts on the, the screen, and you can follow right along with the workout. Um, and it even gives you corrections on form, which is, does me to me more often than I want it to, because mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm, I must not be <laughs> very good at this. And uh, it also adjusts your weights as you progress. So it'll track your program. And, um, you know, as you get stronger, it, it adjusts accordingly. OK, so that would happen week on week as you're getting stronger right. or. Yep. Right. OK, so is so should Erin Carson be worried? Is she going to be out of a job soon? <laughs> I don't think it'll ever replace well I don't want to say that right now with the pandemic it kind of is replacing a lot of um in, in-person training but for us um yeah uh having you know real-time feedback from a coach who knows us you know we've been working with Aaron for eight years so right. um yeah we would never replace what we do with Aaron but it's a it's a nice addition um for sure well and the potential like there's so much more potential as tonal as the company grows um you know, who knows, maybe we'll be able to have people can have their own custom programs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, someone like Aaron can can put in a workout for me and it's on my tonal when I get downstairs. So, it, you know, there's the, there's the possibility of having the best of both worlds, too. Um, I mean, with the technology that that tonal has incorporated into the gym. For sure. For sure. Uh, so Randy on Facebook wants to know if you do a lot of run interval training and if you use heart rate variability. So run intervals and heart rate variability. Is that yeah, right? so you got two questions there, two yeah. two in one. It's a double hit, double hitter. Well, unfortunately, fortunately, we have some great coaches that worry about heart rate variability for us. So <laughs> we just we just upload files. Yeah, we're just like we're just two yep. little like, just balls of meat that just go and do workouts. <laughs> but, but you do, but you do use HRV. And that is something that you monitor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's part. Yeah. Part of our, our coaches, um, kind of monitoring of us in our training. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, intervals. Absolutely. Definitely do run intervals, usually off of time versus distance. Yeah. Okay. And some, what, yeah, what would be some of your go-tos? What was, so Vinny, when maybe give us an example of something you would do in the build up to, to Kona as an interval run session. 
Uh, my my bread and butter run sessions in the past have been um, pretty pretty big chunky um, sessions. Uh, a lot of build runs, so like a twenty k build, where I'm starting out at um, you know a little bit slower than Ironman pace, and then building up to probably more like um, Olympic distance pace per five k. Uh, and I'd either do that on the treadmill or out in the roads. And then another session that I do fairly regularly leading into any big event uh, once I'm fit enough is 20 by three minutes on the treadmill. Um, and that one uh, is, you know, at a set pace. And that pace is usually more like Olympic distance pace, um, but having one minute rest in between each each three minute. So, uh, yeah, I try to get two, two decent runs in a week. Um, mm-hmm with, you know, that amount of uh, quality. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of been what I've been following the past decade. <laughs> We've got a message from Angel who says, Happy Veterans Day, Tim. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Unsurprisingly, viewers want to know about you two. And probably a popular question you get asked, how did you meet? Yeah, so uh, well, we met, obviously, doing triathlon. Uh, we both raced ITU but and had cross paths uh, in our ITU days but never really talked or connected or yeah. anything. It wasn't until 2009 in St. Croix in the Virgin Islands uh, we were both racing the 70.3 there, uh, one of our favourite races. And it was, I think, your first time racing in St. Croix. It was, yeah. And I'd raced the year before or I'd raced maybe a couple of times um, prior to this year. And, um, yeah, we kind of – was sitting together at the pre-race like pasta party and um, pasta party slash um, just uh, party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was I've, I've heard about the party there. Yeah, yeah, the, the Kentucky Derby, and then yeah, Tim, Tim ended up winning the race the next day, which is probably Very cool. one of his biggest performances like early in his seventy point three career. And I ended up finishing second the next day, and which had a little bit post race and. Um, I was just coming back to Boulder and had been coming to Boulder for the summers and I was just coming back. I think I was in California with Siri and uh, moving back to Boulder for the summer and he had just moved to Boulder that January and this is May. And so we kind of like chatted and um, nothing happened and uh, we were kind of both, I guess, I don't know, there was a little bit of a lasting impression and (laughs) a few months later we actually went on a a date and connected here in Boulder and, (laughs) Yeah, like a year later, we moved in together. So (laughs) it went pretty quick. (laughs) Very cool. Okay, next question from another reader was, how do you motivate each other? Mm. (laughs) Mm. We don't need to motivate each other. I mean, I think um, leading each other by example, um, like I see Tim out there busting his butt um, and I'm going to get up and and get my training done. And I think – having a built-in like training partner at home is pretty great too. Um, and both having the same goals, like, you know, each year we're striving to be our best in October. And so um, our years generally um, have a similar trend. Um, you know, we're pretty out of shape at the same time and we're pretty in shape at the same time. And so the off season, longer miles, we get to, you know, enjoy those and ride together and, and do the longer running miles together, which generally in the off season are a bit of, a slog because yeah. we're out of shape. Punish. <laughs> but we're, we're kind of in it together. So I think that also helps. Um, but yeah, there's not any, you know, anything specific that we, that we do just yeah. kind of both trying to be our best, you know, for, sure. the, for each yeah. other. And then I think you know, a lot of, well, for, this is definitely true for pro triathletes, but it's also true for age group athletes is it's not just the training. Obviously it's all the stuff that goes, all the ancillary stuff that goes around the training. So like making sure you get enough sleep and recover well and, and eat well, who, who goes to bed earlier? Who's the one that keeps you on the, when you're both training full time on a normal, in a normal year, who goes, who goes to bed earlier? Who's the, um, I'd be the re- I do now because of Izzy. I need to kind of, yeah um get to bed when she gets to bed so that i you know get enough sleep uh i think in the past we both kind of yeah if we're in a big training block we're usually in bed at the same time yeah probably other parts of the year i'm kind of doing other stuff and yeah you know tim gets stuck on emails and um (laughs) tasks that he has you know put off or just has too many um and i am pretty good at just turning the computer off and 
dealing with it the next day. (laughs) Walking away. (laughs) That's always good. That's always good. Uh, Do you do workouts together? Yeah, um, not a ton. We do a lot of like easy, you know, we go to the pool together. um, And do do not swim in the same (laughs) way. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do aerobic rides or runs together. Yeah. Yeah, when we're dialed into our specific training, we kind of do our own thing. Yeah, Yeah, now we're both um, coached by Julie, you know, that only lasted a short period of time because I fell pregnant early once I started um, only a few months into working with Julie. But um, yeah, I mean, our plans are very similar. Like we're going to the track together or we're going to show up at a hard run session together, pool together, obviously, and rolling out on rides together. But as Tim said, as soon as, you know, it becomes more specific, it has to be specific for what he needs and it has to be specific for what I need. And so we kind of split off and do our own, you know, program and, um, that, yeah, but in the off season and when we're a little bit more unstructured, we do like a lot of training together. Yeah. Oh, talking of off season, one of the fun questions we had is Vinny, when you're not pregnant, who off seasons and parties more? (laughs) Um, I don't know, probably Tim, but we're pretty Uh, even. It's like, I think mom, she's yeah. these days. Yeah. But but pre- Pre-Izzy, I think it was pretty even. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pre-Izzy was definitely even. Like <laughs> We were both as guilty as the other. <laughs> but, yeah, now that we have a child, um, I think, you know, even though we're both parenting this little person, obviously I, I breastfed her for a, quite a long time, two and a half years, and so that sort of puts a damper on how many drinks you can have in the evening. <laughs> right. Um, and also, you know, when they're little, they need their mom a little more than the dad. So, um yeah, as much as Tim is a hands-on dad, he does get a lot more freedom than I do uh, from the tiny little person that rules our world. Soon, and soon to be two. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how about your YouTube channel then? Tell us a little bit about that. Why why you started it, and uh, and how much of it? Yeah, you know, how much of your real life is is that? And how much you know? There's Tim Tim the Tim and Rini show. What led you to start that? Yeah, so uh, it must have been, what, beginning of 2018. And, you know, honestly, we're just looking for um, another way to engage with our audience and um, Mm -hmm. just have some fun with it, too, and give a little bit of a different insight that isn't just so focused on training. Um, Once Izzy came along, it really, our whole dynamic, family dynamic changed, and our motivation for triathlon changed, too, um, I think in a good way. but we were, I think, less focused on ourselves and more focused on like this amazing opportunity for us as a family to go and explore the world and um, have so much fun and do it all together. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it, you know, it's great. Uh, it's, you know, really been great for our careers the last couple of years. Um, and now, yeah, we're, I, you know, I'd like to, it's, it is, I mean, very, no, we don't stage anything. Um, it's very real. <laughs> it is very real. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would, uh, I would love to get a little more like dialogue in there um, in terms of just kind of off the cuff stuff. Yeah. So we rely a lot on our videographers, Kenny uh, Withrow is our, our main man right now. And obviously we work with Talbot for a couple of years um, prior to that. Uh, but we, yeah, we, we just don't have the energy to put into creativity <laughs> and like, okay, we need to create, let's create some more content and um, you know, what should, what do people want to see? And I think that, you know, if we had more energy, we I think we would be able to make it even more engaging. But at the moment, we're just kind of like fumbling through trying to, you know, <laughs> parent our daughter, um, run our small businesses and, and train full time. So there's kind of like a lot of hats on um, every day. Uh, but And I really did run the pontoon boat aground in Durango. <laughs> so I was not staged. <laughs> I had to buy a new propeller. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, we thought it was going to be very expensive, but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. The Navy guy ran the ship. ship um. Oh, dear, Tio. Uh, so Adrian on Facebook wants to know, if you watch other people's triathlon YouTube shows, do you watch Eric and Paula's or Lionel Sanders? I wish. I don't have time. Yeah, I <laughs> Honestly, I don't even watch TV, um, mostly because I don't want Izzy watching TV. And if I'm on a screen, then she'll want to watch it. And right. so, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't watch any of them. I, you know, I'd love to, you know, watch a little more. And uh, I mean, I think Eric and 
uh, Paula are doing a really good good job with what they're yeah. doing, yeah. putting out there, and yeah. um, super authentic. And and Lionel's kind of uh, always entertaining. Um, yeah, little bad. It's kind of entertaining um, to watch that guy go about his business. Um, so yeah, it's like rubbernecking at an accident. <laughs> you, like you just want to see what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, I mean, we just don't have don't have time to to do that. Oh, and the next question we've got is: You don't watch TV. What do you do with your free time? Well, I think that's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? If you've got, like, you've got a daughter and you've got training to do and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, in our fair time, it's all about Izzy. Um, well, yeah, and if the TV does go on, it's, you know, Disney Plus. Yeah. You know, we're watching one of the princess movies. Yeah, and I'm always <laughs> like, okay, I want to get back into it, like watching a series or something. But, like, after I get Izzy to sleep, that's when we'd be able to do that and we're exhausted by that stage. So, right. um yeah, Tim Tim does still watch a couple of shows, but I just go to sleep. Yeah, mainly on the trainer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a pretty cool pain cave set up yeah. out there. It's yeah, really we cool. Yeah. And yeah. Is that where is that where you've got your tonal and that's where you've got your bikes and you've got yeah, tell us what's in, in the pain cave. So in the pain cave, um, we have our two bikes, um two treadmills. Two treadmills. We have like a big gym set up, which we don't need anymore because we have the tonal. We actually yeah. set the tonal up just um in the basement, so just kind of around the corner from the pain cave because our pain cave is already too full. Yeah, um, it needed its own space. <laughs> it, needed, it needed a little more space than we had left. We have maximized. If you look at our pain cave, there's there's no room for anything else in there. We got a TV each. Um, the Zwift guys yeah. came and set us up with, you know, actually we've got three TVs in there: one for the treadmill, one for my bike, one for his bike. <laughs> so, so when we're riding, like if we're in there by ourselves, we might put Zwift on. And then watch a show on the other um, TV, um, or I actually we we always if we're both in there we'll watch the same show because uh, you know it'd be too distracting having two different shows going on at the same time. For sure, but yeah, well, so we, yeah, we we have got some very specific workout questions for you coming in, so okay. prepare yourself. Okay. Um, how many strength? So Randy wants to know how many strength sessions per week you do. Wouldn't you like to know, Randy? <laughs> Um, so <laughs> we probably do definitely two, sometimes three. If we're in a big block, it might be three. One, one will be probably more movement. Right. Um, definitely two, like scheduled every week. Yeah, but normally, if if we did three, it'd probably be three by thirty minutes. And if we did two, it's probably two by forty-five minutes. So it's really only ninety minutes of strength yeah. work a week, um, yeah. but split into two or three sessions. And I like to do it on my hard legs day. Um, some people do their strength on a recovery day, but it, I mean, recovery is recovery, right? If you're going in, especially if you're going to do some heavy lifts, um, you know, I, I like to do it like on a terrible Tuesday. Uh, we'll do our hard run swim and then I'll go right do a gym session. And then that helps me activate before my hard ride in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so I like to stack it on those heavier leg days. Yeah. Right. Now, I know that's something that Erin Carson's really a big advocate for, isn't it? So, like, mm-hmm. so that you get that easy day and it's completely easy and you rec- actually recover versus, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she even though will meet us at our house sometimes after like a longer hard run to just so we're just rolling that you know that run session into a gym session, right? Um, you know, it's yeah. a, it, it's not a whole another session where we're having to like you know eat, spend forty five minutes or whatever recovering, letting our body start to recover, um, yes. and then and then you know um, spiking cortisol again. So right. uh, we have found that that's a really good way to get those gym sessions in as well. And so how many of those sessions? So some of those sessions would be with Erin in person and then some of those would be tonal at home? Or Yeah, it really just depends on the week. Um, yeah, we typically do Tuesdays with Erin and then um, if we're going to do another Erin session, the tonal session might not happen that week. Um, and then vice versa, if, if the session with Erin doesn't fit in with our schedulers easily, then we'll do a tonal session right off her. Of, off a, you know, a run or something from home. Yeah, or if she's at the house for a home session, we can incorporate any specific moves we need to do by using the tonal with her. Yeah, just for sure. Nice. Yeah. And so the tonal uses digital weights, right? And uh, what do you? What does that actually mean? What does that when you're using the tonal? What does the digital weights mean? What does that? You know, how do you how do you program that? How are you using that? So when you set up uh, your tonal, you'll actually do like strength tests, and it'll 
calculate your starting weight for where you're at. Got it. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's levels like one, two, three, four, five, you know. So it's not the same as like exactly knowing the that How exact pounds. pounds, but mm-hmm. um, it's all based off of your, I guess, initial kind of strength test. Got it. Okay. And so you establish that baseline and then you work from there. Yeah. Correct. Yep. And so do you ever, one of the questions we had was, do you ever mix up your profiles? So Vinny starts using it on Tio's profile. <laughs> I should do that. <laughs> it's pretty clear. We, it's pretty clear when you log in. Um, uh, you, you log in. Yeah. And you can put your little picture on there and. Oh, yeah. very cool. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you can change the music too. Cause for the longest time I was just doing like the normal music, which is like what you sounds like you're in the hotel lobby at like a W hotel in New York city. It's just like, you know, this is, but then I found out like I can put the eighties or nineties on here. So oh. I could start jamming out to boy George if I wanted to. While I'm doing a strength <laughs> session. It's amazing. Oh boy. boy George. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> has, oh, okay. And another fun question that we had was, has Izzy ever used your tonal? She always, she tries she, to use she, all of them. It seems. Yep. Yeah. I mean, she'll give anything a go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meet Tonal, the world's smartest home gym. Tonal learns your style and adapts, helping you become your strongest. Try Tonal for 30 days in your home today. Visit Tonal.com for $100 off the smart accessories when you use promo code TRIATHLETE at checkout. That's Tonal.com, promo code TRIATHLETE. Tonal, be your strongest. Question via Facebook from Claire, who wants to know, to strengthen your legs for cycling and running, what are your top three exercises? Mm. um i could be a question for aaron the yeah deadlifts deadlifts yeah number one and like um weighted step-ups and um like single leg um uh squats like um split squats yeah yeah Yeah. split stance split stance what is that called or romanian deadlifts yeah rdls rdls (laughs) now we're now we're going to To lingo lingo. (laughs) yes now we need Erin we need Erin to come in with all her yeah. Yeah. and tell us to stop talking because we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just a reminder, we're about halfway, so keep your questions coming in. Uh, we've got a lot of training questions, but if there's anything else you want to ask Tim and Rennie, then feel free. But uh, oh, Adrian wants to know: Does I- Izzy have any interest in triathlon? She doesn't specifically say anything. About- I, I, she kind of alludes to like, oh, when I do my race or I've got a race, like I'll, Tim will say, I've, I've got to go and do a race. She's like, oh, yeah, I've got to do a race. Oh. Uh, and she wants to do everything that we do. So I think she just thinks she's a triathlete already. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, we try and expose her to all different sports, though. Obviously, like our lives revolve around swim, bike, run. But uh, we're trying to like she's, she's in, in gym- soccer, soccer, gymnastics. gymnastics. Swim lessons. Swimming lessons. And we're going to do ski lessons. This and winter. maybe climbing as well. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to, like, be exposed to and a golf. Of different... We're going to teach her how to play golf. <laughs> Tennis. Tennis. Tennis right? I, see, I see a theme here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason wants to know, how fast could you run a marathon if you weren't running, a, you know, a standalone marathon, not an Ironman marathon? Yeah, I'd like to know that too. <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't we yeah, all? I don't know. We don't know. I mean, yeah. It'd be a shot in the dark. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, I, if I was to do it, I'd want to do it properly. And that would mean not riding my bike or swimming for, yeah. you know, six months or whatever in advance. So I think that's on the post-triathlon career list of things to do. Yeah. But what would you think you would go? Just give a number out. No, I don't want to. Because, do it. Do it. <laughs> no. Number now. Three, well, faster, two, one, faster, <laughs> faster than two two forty nine, which is what I've done off the bike. This is a cop out, but what about you? Uh, I think at least like under two thirty. Yeah, I think that would be a decent goal. Yeah. Oh, now we're now we're getting asked: Are you actually going to do that? Is that something you really want to do, Rini? Or is that like when you at some point? At some yeah. point, I mean, I, I plan to race triathlons for a little while longer. Um, yeah. Well, you know, while I'm still competitive and still can and race well at the highest level, I, you know, wouldn't turn my back on the sport and I, and I love it as well, but it is something that I'm intrigued about and would love to try. So, yeah. Um, what, what is your plan for, do you have a plan for the, like, for obviously baby number two arrives December after that, what's 2021 looks look like so far? I mean, I know it's a very difficult time to plan right now, but 
for you guys so far? What's it looking like? I think, well, obviously, yeah, as you mentioned, it's hard to plan. Uh, Tim will look at a regular season. Uh, he's signed up for Challenge Roth, so yep. hopefully that race goes ahead. And Collins Cup Collins in Cup. May, Roth, July, and then Kona. Kona, and then yeah. whatever fits in in between for him. Uh, for me, I um, Kona's, you know, the goal for October, but prior to that I hope to be racing by um, June, um, and that'll probably just be like local, you know, you know, local as in US based, you know, in a perfect world we have a normal season, mm-hmm. uh, things like Montremont 70.3, um, maybe quarter lane 70.3, although it might be an Ironman this year. I haven't really looked at the schedule, nor I don't think there is a schedule just yet, but, um, I'd look to race, you know, domestic through till Kona. Right. Oh, and so in a normal, if you were, if we were heading into a normal off season, what would you normally do in terms of activities? Yes, uh, obviously you're in Boulder. You can ski, you can snowshoe. What What does the off-season activity list look like for you guys? Travel to Australia where it's warm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is normally our yeah. No, we I, we do like to cross country ski, um, and some light snowshoeing. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And this year we will be locked into Boulder. You know, obviously with the new baby and not being able to travel internationally. Um, to Australia this year, we will be here for a full winter. So mm-hmm. um, I'll just be getting back into training probably starting in March, uh, but I'll probably be more specific triathlon trying to get get back into that. Uh, and I think Tim will end up doing probably a, a fair bit of cross-country skiing this soft season. Yeah. And has it been tough not being able to travel to Australia to see your family? Yeah, I mean – it hasn't really affected us yet because we traveled back from Australia in end of January, end of January this year. Um, and so we did Christmas in Australia last year. Normally we wouldn't go back there until, you know, the new year anyway. So, but it's starting to hit home that we're not going back anytime soon. Yeah. And, and that's, and more than that, like, you know, I would have loved to have had my mom out for the baby's arrival and I don't yeah. know when, you know, we're hopeful that next the end of next year we can head back to Australia um, and, you know, at some point she can come over here to spend some time with, with us and the new baby. But um, the unknown is pretty scary or um, daunting because, uh, <laughs> yeah, we do go back to Australia usually eight weeks a year. And yeah. this will be the first for a long time. Since yeah, so you would normally go back in January time or whenever the weather starts getting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we normally spend, you know, we go late January, spend February and March in Australia. Yeah. So. Yeah, you miss you miss that great time in Boulder where it's just freezing cold and snow on the ground and exactly <laughs> smart exactly <laughs> that's that was always the goals so right yeah oh I've got a good question from Dan who wants to know how your mental abilities and strengths from triathlon have helped you deal with everyday stress and pressure yeah um... it's so weird to answer <laughs> these questions because because we've been professional triathletes for more you know, the majority of our lives now, almost, yeah. Um, it's just all, all a part of who we are now. Yeah. Yeah. So dealing with the everyday stress and pressure is just who we are. Um, yeah. And I am sure that, you know, being professional triathletes and, um, you know, managing um, those careers and those stresses and, and race pressure and all of that has helped us become those people. But mm-hmm. it's hard to really answer that because it's just kind of, you know who we are. Yeah, and I think you get I think you get used to adapting on the fly when things go wrong when you're racing and I, I think that translates pretty well into the rest of the world. Um mm-hmm. we have a rental property and there a bunch of things went wrong and I was talking to the property manager and he's like, "Wow, you're really handling all this bad news pretty well." I'm <laughs> like, "Well, it's you know, it's out of your control, right? It's like if, if you drop a water bottle with all your nutrition and iron man, it's out of your control." Just you move on and you figure out what you do from there, right? Like how are you going to improve the situation? I think also international travel. Um, like how many times have you had flights canceled or, right. um, you know, been stuck somewhere and had to navigate like how to, you know, find a hotel in the um, middle of the night in Europe where you don't speak the language. <laughs> um, I think all of that's invaluable to, you know, troubleshooting um, high-stress situations. For sure, yeah. Come. Yeah, so one of the questions we've had now is how will you deal with things after you're done being pro triathletes? What's what do you have planned? 
I'm going to throw on a couple LBs and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple. Yeah. Just a couple. No. Um, I, yeah. We, I mean, I think we'd like to be involved in the sport. Um, to what capacity we really haven't um, yeah, we put haven't that plan really. together yet, I guess. Yeah. I think uh, we're both really um, the type of people who, when we're in something, we're all in. And while we're still racing, you know, we're all in. And right now we're racing with us, you know, growing family. And so that is kind of all consuming for us mm-hmm. and thinking about what we're going to do post-career. Yeah. Like it's on the horizon, but it's not like we've sat down and made a, um, just, you know, a super plan. Uh, we have like a couple of different options that, you know, I feel will come become more clear when we are ready for that path, but it's not something that we're like, you know, specifically planning out right now. Well, that fits in quite nicely with uh, one of the questions we had from Instagram earlier this week was, if you had to have a nine to five job, which profession would you prefer? I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we've been doing this too long. Yeah, my this has been my job. I mean, my casual job before professional triathlete was working at Bunnings Warehouse, which is like Home Depot um, in Australia. And so that's my only exposure to real world work it would be nice to have a job where you're like when you're done you're done you yeah. just walk away <laughs> and punch out and you're like Psh. <laughs> i don't have to I, think about this anymore i think it would be <laughs> less fulfilling though i think it would be much less fulfilling i think yeah. um because we've taken control of our lives and this you know to, to make things happen it's been up to us like 100 yeah. percent um i think that pursuit has been super fulfilling and it would be as much as that's appealing to go and just do a nine to five. And I know triathletes who have finished and been like, I just don't have to stress about money and I don't have to worry about like all that, you know, nitty gritty. I just want to go to work, do my work and come home. And, um, and they're happy with that. I, I don't know if, if we would be able to. Yeah. Let go maybe just that. for a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, maybe just like a year. Just to reset. <laughs> <laughs> give it, a, yeah. Give it a test run. Yeah. Like no, thanks. <laughs> uh, another question about motivation. So how do you find motivation for workouts and what do you tell yourself when it gets hard? Uh, honestly, with the motivation question, we get all the time and it really isn't even an option, you know, like not doing the session or copping out of a session. It's, I think when you have a goal that is, um, is uh, big enough and exciting enough for you to want to pursue it. Um, the the day to day becomes just what you have to do. You just do what it takes, right, to get there. And yeah, it's hard some days. And yes, you know, there's a lot of days that we don't want to hop on the bike or go out and run or um, just don't feel like it. But it, it's not even an option. So you just <laughs> just get on with it. Yeah, um, it's yeah, definitely hard. I think. When you, I think, as everybody said, when you have that goal, that really helps a lot. And then honestly, when you just break it down, like a lot of times you, when you're tired, you start thinking about everything, right? And it becomes overwhelming. You start thinking about something you have to do two days later. Mm -hmm. And if you just break it down and just keep it simple, focus on some sort of technique or, you know, how you're going to generate power on the trainer to get that interval that you're supposed to get. Um, I think that helps a lot and just take every, take one step at a time, basically just stay in that little moment and then worry about the other sessions. When you're in that session. I had a really hard session last night on the bike and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to have a good session tomorrow. There's no way I feel horrible right now. And then I just woke up and I got to work and it was a great session. Um, Mm -hmm. but you just don't read into it that much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The key is to not think about it too much, right? Yeah. Yeah. I stopped uh, my training. I just look at it in the morning. I'm like, all right, I got to do this today. Yeah, he never knows what train. I'm like, what are you doing tomorrow? He's like, oh, I don't know. I know I'm riding, but I don't know how far or how hard. Yeah. Well, doesn't Debs usually hide workouts on training peaks so you don't know? Yeah, she only gives you a week. Yeah. She'll give me a little week snippet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sneaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about nutrition? People always want to know about nutrition. What does your day-to-day nutrition look like and yeah, meals and what does Izzy like to eat? These are all questions. We're all getting all the questions, not just about your nutrition, but Izzy's nutrition. This is, this is a thing. More importantly, 
<laughs> um, yeah, we we try to eat a you know a balanced diet. Um, you know everything in moderation. Uh, we don't really restrict any of the you know treats or a glass of wine or an ice cream. If you know we really feel for something like that, we're going to go and have that ice cream or have that glass of wine uh, because you know it's not like we're overindulging and having it every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, although in the off season this guy can drink a lot of wine every single day. <laughs> um, but I think the key is just, yeah, moderation. And, you know, we try to get a, you know, good healthy dinner um, as a family every night. I think that's important not only for the nutrition benefits, but also just time as a family. Mm-hmm. And um, with Isabel, we honestly, I'm just trying to get a lot of fiber into her because she's, she's been a little bit backed up. Um, <laughs> had, a, had a few little, um, well, probably only like a few weeks where she was um, a little bit constipated. So I'm just trying to make sure I'm getting enough fiber into her diet. And she just basically eats what we, um, you know, there's some things that she really doesn't like and that's fine. Like there's some things that I really don't like, but for the most part she eats whatever we eat, obviously smaller portions. Um, yeah. And she goes in spurts, like she'll eat a ton one day and then she won't be that hungry. But, um, you know, I guess overall the net, it's, you know, she's getting in what she needs. I think um, there's something to be learnt from children too in that, you know, as adults you kind of told, okay, you have to eat, you know, big breakfast, big lunch, big dinner. Um, she kind of just grazes. Um, when she's hungry, she eats. When she's full, she stops eating. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lesson that we can all take from that. Like yeah. it's not necessary to have a huge lunch. It's not necessary to have a huge breakfast. Um, smaller portions um, are a great way to get in calories and um, um, and to fuel throughout the day. And as triathletes, we kind of do that anyway because, you know, we're kind of eating in between sessions and you can't have a big lunch if you've got a session in the afternoon. So you're kind of, you know, generally having a decent-sized meal, which is more a brunch, um, and then, you know, a really light breakfast, a really light lunch, and then sort of grazing through till dinner. Yeah, and I think finding, making sure you- you're not only getting the macronutrients you need, but the micronutrients as well, uh, which is hard when you're going in between a lot of training sessions because you usually don't want a lot of, you know, like it's vegetables or fiber and stuff in between sessions. Um, so for us, like we'll, we'll supplement with athletic greens just to make sure we're checking the box on the micronutrient side because the macronutrient side, we usually figure out on our own anyways. And where does sweet cow fit into all this? <laughs> Sweet cow Sundays. Sundays. <laughs> post post long run. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, because I know well, so for those who aren't familiar, Sweet Cow is a very popular uh, ice cream shop in here in Boulder. Um and I know you you guys have had flavors named after you, haven't you? Or you've or you've did you've definitely done like think you've done treats with them or or deals with them before, haven't you? Or have I just made that up? No, I think you made, made that, that up. up. I would love oh, a sweet, okay. girl, sweet cow flavor. Yeah, I would love a sweet cow <laughs> flavor. <laughs> no, it sounds amazing. I'm gonna ask. I, I thought I had seen something about Rinny's favorite. Okay, yeah, Rinny's flavor. Just did a little. Um, I think we did one of our challenges around sweet cow. Oh, uh, okay. I can't remember what it was anymore because I have pregnancy brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, with next question: with the winter coming, erg mode on the trainer or not? No, oh, I hate erg mode. Really? No, I need to just do my own cadence. Yeah, uh, you like to be in control. Yeah, I can't. I, you're right. I can't give the control to the machine. <laughs> no. I need to do it. So I need to do the work. <laughs> yeah. And you got? Do you both work with Matt Bottrell? Or just you, Tio? Uh, just me. Just you. Okay. And so, what? I mean, he gives some beastie workouts out. So, what's what's uh, the hardest Matt Bottrell workout you've had for a little while? Uh, everyone is hard. <laughs> Every it's, time he gets yeah. on his bike, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a really hard one that I did a couple weeks ago that it's like five minutes of like, like VO2 into like 10 or 15 or 20 minutes at like um, basically like Ironman pace. And it's like an hour and a half or more of work, almost two hours of work. Um, so yeah, that That's a hard one. Yeah, Matt. Um, Matt provided a lot of the bike sessions for our Hawaii from Home challenge, and mm-hmm. uh, as I was putting them on the website, I was like, "Oh, I would not, I would not want to be doing this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a he is a beast of a bike coach, but 
Okay, we've got 10 minutes left, guys. Uh, so if you have any more questions for Rinny and Tio, fire away. They're here for 10 more minutes. Uh, okay, we've got the, Louis says, you guys are the fans' champions. Uh, yeah, you've got you've got a lot of big fans giving you a lot of big love here. Uh, yeah, this guy says he ran with you for a bit at Ironman Florida once, Rinny. Okay. And he just wants to say hello, and he wants to know what your favorite Kona qualifier race is. I'm in Austria. Oh, yeah. That was a pretty great um, event. No, Ironman side, what else? I never did Nice, but I always wanted to do Ironman Nice. I think that would have, would have been a really nice qualifier. Um, usually I qualified like at, you know, Ironmans that I didn't really want to do <laughs> so much <laughs> that were just like better for the schedule. But Ironman um, Austria was one it's that true. I, you know, like I Florida, yeah. you know, is not an amazing race. It's like it's just your stock standard Ironman. Like there's, an, I, I don't want to be mean, but there's not really anything special about that event. Right. But it's I've got, got a good crowd. It's on the run. Yeah, it's, it's good crowd. Fun. It's a fun run. Well, I think it, most Ironmans, pretty much all Ironmans have like something pretty great about it because it is an Ironman event. Mm-hmm. And so people generally come out and will support and, and watch. But um, I did that one twice to qualify just because I wanted, it was three weeks after Kona. I did Kona raced um i'm in florida to get validated for the following year so i didn't have to race an ironman in that calendar year uh but races that i've wanted to do were ironman austria um like roth which is not a qualifier but one of the best triathlon experiences you can have and i love brazil oh yeah you did brazil a couple times a couple times i'd love to do like placid never done it but i heard that's a fantastic race yeah that's another one we in the U.S., that's probably the race I'd want to do next. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, too. Hmm. Well, actually, we actually haven't done – I haven't done that many Ironmans outside of Kona. <laughs> like, I've done Melbourne twice, another Ironman that was a great event, but not one that I really was excited to go and do. Uh, Florida twice. I don't even know. What's your all-time favorite race that you've both, that you've both done? Well, mine are like Roth and Austria. <laughs> And Kona, obviously. Yeah. We were actually just talking about this the other day. We went to Challenge uh, St. Andrews. Oh, yeah. It was a 9 Was it Nova It was Scotia? a 70 point Yeah, it was 70 point challenge. Challenge, yeah. Yeah, but it was probably one of our favorite. It was one of our most fun races. I mean, just mm-hmm. gorgeous venue, um, super um, hospitable little town. Yeah. A lot of fun. That kind of fun. like it felt like a grassroots triathlon in that. Yeah. Like the hotel was right there. Like you just had to cross the road to go do the swim and – um, yeah, tiny little quaint town. Um, that was probably one of them. And we both won, so that yeah, helps. that helps. <laughs> that always helps. Yeah. And what about bucket list? Bucket list races, bucket list events even. Maybe not Maybe not just triathlon, something else. Ooh. Well, like, I am, intri- am intrigued by that Patagonia man race. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I would – it doesn't really make sense for us to go and do an event like that in December um, when we're supposed to be resting. So right. Korea, maybe it's something like that. And then, um, yeah, like there's some cool events like um, in New Zealand uh, that are like, you know, at more adventure racing. Uh, I, I'm like intrigued to do some of that that stuff. Yeah. Korea. Roth, definitely for me in Austria for triathlon. I'd love to run New York and I'd love to run Boston. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think Patagonia, man. Yeah. That, oh, and that swim. What's the swim run race? Um which one? The, the one there? in Sweden? Is it Sweden? The, like the big one, the Otillo or something like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Otillo's taking off. Yeah. That'd be fun. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely a lot of swim, really good swim run races out there now. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, uh, one final tonal question for you. Tonal lets you track your progress with Tonal's strength score, right? And it gives you detailed progress reports. Have you found yourselves getting stronger this year? And can you see can you see the progress that you've made? Yeah, definitely see it. I don't know if I've done as good a job as Mark Allen mm-hmm. with my progress. Because if you've seen him on Instagram, he's looking ripped. So I have, yeah. yeah. He was on the show his last month. Reports are. I don't want to compare my progress to his <laughs> progress reports. And I'm definitely not stronger. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe next year. Maybe next year. Uh, 
Dan wants to know, when you're building up running form to go long, do you start with building technique by going short and frequently, or do you go long and easy? I think, I think he's asking, do you run more frequently, or do you run like longer volume? If you're building up run form. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, initially, I think you're probably better off to go more frequently, shorter, um, just so your body can, like, recover. Uh, the longer runs are, are pretty hard on, on, your, um, on your body. So I would suggest that, that I, as you build, you know, the, that frequency, um, then bring in the volume um, is kind of the second step. Uh, but, yeah, I think frequency is really important. I know, like, for me, for swimming, if I was to talk about swimming, frequency is more important than, like, just one big swim session twice a week. It's way more important to get in the water more often. So I think that that is definitely would translate to running. Um, it's not really something that I've thought about, <laughs> if I'm completely honest. But, yeah, we – we generally run, you know, six days a week anyway yeah. throughout the year. You, I mean, whatever keeps you injury free. Um, right. It's probably not a great idea to just start going out and doing runs that are two or three times longer than you've ever run before. Uh, For sure. It's like an injury waiting to happen. So, Biggest mistakes you've made in a race, both of you? We only have five minutes left. There's not <laughs> enough time to answer this question. <laughs> Um, I once, um, in Kona, the first year I went there, I was just, I just figured that my skin would breathe much better if I didn't have sun cream on. <laughs> and so the first year I did Kona was 09 and it was scorching hot that year. I mean, it's always hot, but I think it was the hottest every year. Maybe it's because I had no sun cream on. I was burnt to a crisp by the time I got to the run, but I like paid for that. Like my back like was just peeling off in thick chunks of skin was bad. Ouch. Ouch. Big mistake. <laughs> Come on, Tim. You've got, to have, you've got to have a few good ones. Um, well, this one's not exciting, but I think it had an impact. Like I, at Kona in 15, I, my gel flask, I had a gel flask with my gels in it. And I was like holding it in my mouth as I was like running out of transition. And the little, like the little white cap popped off and I didn't stop to like try to plug it back into my gel to the flask. And I, I lost all that all those gels. Um, and I think that seriously impacted my race that year and probably, um, you know, could have been another second versus a third. Um, but it's probably not my most exciting mistake. <laughs> I, uh, ITU race, I was in a world cup in Australia in Malulaba and I made this like four or five guys swim break. And I'm like, this is it. This is gonna be my best world cup race ever. And I wasn't clipped into my pedals yet. And I had my inside foot down going through a roundabout uh, and it, the pedal hit, clipped the ground. And I wasn't in my shoes yet. And my bike just <laughs> shot out like a rocket. And um, I got back up and kept riding, but I got lapped out shortly after. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a long trip to go to have that mistake happen. Yeah. Like, we want 20 meters from transition or 200 yeah. meters from transition. <laughs> yes, I did. Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, so this is an interesting one. What would help more age groupers turn pro? Um, I don't know. That uh, development side of the sport is an interesting yeah. one. You know, like something like the PTO is trying to obviously work yeah, exactly. on. I was just going to say, I think, um, I mean, I would love to see. Oh, well, yeah, more money. Yeah, I mean, you need some sort of development system. Um, I think that could come maybe even from local triathlon clubs. There's some massive triathlon clubs out there. Um, I don't see why they couldn't start maybe having um, some kind of local, you know, kind of supporting local pros and um, making some sort of competition out of it. And because, Tim, you're involved, you're on the board with the PTO, correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. And, you know, the PTO, it's it's the athletes own you know, they're shareholders basically. Right. And they're sharing proceeds. Um, so our focus right now is we got to get these big events like the PTO championship and Collins, Collins cup. We got to get them on the map. We got to get them generating revenue and then we can kind of move, um, that revenue into support, you know, programs for things like developing athletes or, uh, transitioning athletes and healthcare and retirement, you know, planning, things like that. So we got to generate the funds before, before we can spend them. Of course, yeah. Oh, this is okay. We'll we'll finish out with a a weird one. <laughs> if you could describe this, this was a genuine question that we had from social from Facebook. If you could describe yourself as a cereal, which cereal would you be? <laughs> Sorry, <Brown>. guys. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't even eat cereal. <laughs> That's the only one I could think of that had a good name. Um, Lucky Charms. I'm Irish. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. We just want to say thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for getting Izzy to bed. And I hope she stays yeah. asleep for a little while. Thanks yep. for sharing all your insights about Tonal. And uh, thank you to Tonal for sponsoring this month's Traffic Live. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our channel. It helps us out and it helps people like you to find us. We'll be back next month with Triathlete Live on our Facebook page on December 2nd, when we'll be joined by Ironman champion Heather Jackson. We'll see you then.